Hey, Jess. Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? I am excellent. Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. Another Friday. Another day in paradise. Yeah, all good. <laughs> got some... Uh, Got some people pouring in. For those, uh, for those of you here, Scott's here. I see Scott's one of our first tier. Please say hi. Let us know where you're coming, where you're uh, joining from, where you're calling in from. That's kind of old school. Where you're joining from. Uh, Scott's <laughs> here. Uh, Leah's here. Um, Andy's here. Awesome. Oh, and yeah, please change your, uh, your uh, send chat to all panelists and attendees. That would be great. Andy's here from Rockford, Minnesota. You know where Rockford is? I'm just, I was just trying to think of that. Where's Rockford, Andy? Rockford, Rock. Oh, by St. Cloud. Delano yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between, Wing yes. is here. Boston's here. Lake Bear Lake. The Minnesota contingent. You're in the Minnesota contingent's here. <laughs> I know. Because we have an incredible community here, uh, but also uh, because we have some roots here, some leaf gen roots. I love it. We have such a, a huge representation around not just the country, but the globe. Uh, speaking of globe, we do tend to be a little US centric on this particular meetup. Uh, but Jason and I are going to, you know, start staying up all night and doing this stuff around the clock. <laughs> 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 so we can, you know, support all of our, all of our global friends as well. Why not? Right. right, Jason? What else do we have to do? Right. <laughs> Angela Stone is here. Beth Krillman's here. Frank, a couple Franks. Gina Killy, Janice. Oh, it's so nice to see uh, some of these names after Lisa Herzenlich. Nice to see some of these names. Molly Lombardi after our Hi, John. John Sumser, too. Oh, hey, John. So oh, great to have you here. I know. So, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining. We're going to get started. Um, we always have people that join a few minutes late, and we always have people that join throughout. So uh, thanks for joining. Uh, this is our fourth uh, weekly digital meetup. Uh, we started this, um, like I said, four weeks ago as we think about the now of work and it's really focused on bringing people together. Uh, we have our now of work Slack channel, which just has been going crazy, right? We're, how many people in that community? 707,000. <laughs> so. yeah, 700, yeah. That community's grown and uh, it's exploded. Ponds of using Slack for stuff like that. So, uh, you know, all good and challenging, but please make sure you're on the Slack community, which is great. And uh, we've got Fort Lauderdale here. Nice, probably one there, but uh, yeah, so great. So today we want to talk about lots of things, lots of stuff going on. The main topic today is change. Change, 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 change. And uh, for those of you that don't like change, <laughs> they probably- You're a, suffering. <laughs> you're, you're, you're suffering. A, Suffering bad right now. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about change. We're going to talk lots of things about, we're going to have you guys talk about your feelings, how you're feeling about things. We're going to share some poll results. Um, we're going to ask you guys to go live and, and share with us. So, you know, once again, this is, a, this is like a radio talk show, for those of you that remember radio. So, uh, you know, when you want to say something live, please raise your hand. We'll get you on the air live. And for the next hour, we're just going to have fun as a community and focus on uh, and bring us all together. So 
you know, really quickly, just run a, we power this by LeapGen, a uh, company that Jen and I work for, um, where we really focused on the now of work. Uh, we used to call it the future of work. Um, four or six weeks ago, we were talking about future of work. We really think that 2020 hit. It was 2020 outside of work. Now it's 2020 inside of work. We're all working differently. And we really want to make sure that people think about that as they think about uh, how, we're, uh, how we're living in our daily lives. We never thought we'd be in our houses doing this. Uh, we never thought we'd be doing this. We're streaming on Facebook. We're streaming on LinkedIn. We're on the Zoom chat. So uh, crazy to, uh, to think about the world we live in today, but it is the now of work and it is how we're all operating today. And uh, you know, fun to have you guys here. Uh, and uh, once again, I'd love for you guys just in the chat to uh, say, what do you think about that? Do you still think there's a future of work? I mean, of course there's a future, but how many of you feel like we hit the now? Just say yes or no. You know, how many of you think that it was it hit us like a rock? Because uh, uh, I sure feel like that in every single organization that, that that we talk to. I love David how he said, "Yeah, we have hit the now." Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really, really hit us, and I, you know, it hit us hard. I'm not sure if it's hit us hard, but I love it because it maybe we got rid of 15 years of wasted time. Also, where we had HR processes that weren't moving along. So. Um, you know, leapfrogging. I like the way that said, Suzanne. So yeah, let's let's keep that in mm -hmm. mind. So this digital meetup, like I said, we do every Friday. Um, we've had a, a tremendous amount of requests to do it in Singapore and Asia. Excuse me, Asia, Singapore, Asia, Asia, but <laughs> Asia and India. Uh, so you know, we may start doing multiples of them, which is great. But you know, just the fact that the global audience is interested, you know, love that fact. And please invite people to them. Uh, this isn't necessarily about HR. It's not about HR technology. You know, it's in general, it's just really, 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 really about life. Jess, do you want to add something to that? Yeah, you know, I, we, speaking of the now of work, I mean, we used to imagine like, oh, you know, if only we could advance things faster, if only HR could catch up, if only work could feel more like life. Um, and so, I, you know, there's just a huge opportunity. I know this is hard. This is not to minimize anything um, or to say that we're not suffering in big ways and taking huge hits across the board uh, as people, as a globe, as an economy. But let's not waste the opportunity, the what if, the imagine if possibilities that are ahead of us right now. Uh, and that's what this community really thrives on. So I'm I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah, no, me too. And I think that, you know, it's crazy to watch how fast things have changed and how organizations are going through that change. So we're going to start with a poll. And we did this last week. Um, yeah. And uh, Jess and I just got off of an event in India last week where they used the same poll. But I want to do it this week also. So if your mindset was a stoplight today, what would you be? Wow, Jess, you've changed, you, uh, I'll let you read this. You've changed up my poll a little based on uh, adding some music here. So uh, go yeah. ahead, I'll let you uh, read the responses. Well, I, I have a feeling many of you are using music as an outlet for your, you know, where you're at, uh, either to boost your mood or to match your mood. I listen to sort of like uh, broody music if I'm feeling broody. Um, but anyway, I know that, and we have an awesome playlist, by the way. Allie, I know you're listening. Would you link our Spotify playlist that we're all listening to? Uh, anyway, yeah, I just think it's a great way, a fun way to sort of see where people are at today. 
I'm so seeing the results come in and I'm, I'm really happy about them. Jason, what yeah, did you think this, it was going to be? Yeah, I mean, we're going to share the results in a second if this doesn't make you happy. So last week, um, just for reference point, um, what were we at, Jess? We were about 80% green and yellow, right? And about 20% in the red. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that about right? 80% green and yellow, 20% red. Yep. I think so. And it's okay to be in the red. <clears throat> you know, we all have permission to, to dive bomb once in a while, but it's also good to know and good to articulate, you know, that you're there and to be asking people where they're at. So I hope that, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to answer Molly's question. What color is <laughs> right here? I'm not going to answer Molly's question right now, but uh, really quickly, just to share the results with you guys, uh, we have 90 seven percent in the green and yellow and three percent in the red which is amazing uh, i hope that this show has something to do with it because i'm glad that you're here but 97 percent in the green and yellow the way that breaks down is 50 percent green 47 percent yellow and three percent red uh so if you think about that that's i mean that, i feel good about that i think that's amazing Again, no pressure. You don't have to be green all the time, but I hope you're more green and yellow than you are red. And again, it's, it's the conversation that's important. It's acknowledging, you know, and taking your own pulse and the pulse of those around you. That's kind of the point here. But look at the freaking mindset, the people on this call, like 97. I love it. LFG, you know what I mean? Like, let's go. Um, and, uh, you know, for those that are in the red, like we said last week, um, you know, if you want to reach out on the Slack channel, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I know Jess is, you know, yeah. we're going to talk about change today. And, uh, you know, change is not something that you do by yourself. So, you know, for those of you in the red, or even for those of you in the yellow, or even for those of you in the green, you know, um, you know, please reach out because they're all things that, uh, that we need to uh, work on together. But I love, I love this pulse. Um, wow, Dorothy, Dorothy just made yeah. Maybe great some great call out. Place of privilege. Do you want to comment on that, Jess? I saw your eyes light up when you saw that. Well, yeah, we didn't cut this by demographics. I would, you know, it might have been interesting to ask a poll first how many of you are employed, right? Uh, one in 10 in America, at least, are not. Um, more than one in 10, probably, if we, if we broaden that category a little bit more. Uh, that might have been an interesting cut. Uh, there's lots of ways um, to cut this that probably skew these results. That's a great point, Dorothy. Yeah, Dorothy, do you want to talk more about that? Do you want to go live on the air and uh, talk about that? I would, if you want to, I'm happy to bring you on live. Uh, Scott said green and helping others to get through this, think and work differently. Love. So, uh, Dorothy, if you do want to go live, let me know and I'll, uh, I'll open up your line. Um, so I think it's a great, great point that uh, that you called out mm -hmm. about some of the place of privilege. But I feel really good about that number, um, and I hope that we continue to see that number, you know, continue to evolve going time. Um, you know, <laughs> another question. Well, look at all of our data geeks, Jess. Someone wants to see this broken down by region. Uh, next, we'll have to use a more sophisticated polling mechanism. Uh, next week when it comes to our, uh, our I know we've got some good survey geeks on here so we can... Dorothy says sure without video let's oh, Dorothy, I'm gonna bring you on before Dorothy. we get into this poll Dorothy yeah Dorothy are you there 
Hi, can you hear me? Um, I, one of the things that I'm very mindful of, and, I, and I'm based in Europe, but we're on pretty strong lockdown. Um, I have a roof over my head. I'm healthy. I have access to free medic, free healthcare. Um, I have Wi-Fi. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm obviously business is interrupted, but in the overall scheme of things, I, I feel, I feel that I can't complain. And so I, I'm a little bit in making the lemonade thing, um, in the sense that we have to find a way forward to make things better than they were. So that's just my perspective on this. Yeah, no, I think it's an important point. And I do think that all of us are on this call are in privileged positions. If we took the poll on a much greater basis, you know, around, you know, outside of, outside of the people on this line, I, I know we wouldn't find the results the same way. So, you know, yeah. for us, it, for me, it's just like, how are the people on this call feeling? And I hope that we can invite others to this call as we do this to, uh, to you know, if we can add some joy and spirit, at least for a short period, it will make people feel, uh, feel good. Thank you for adding that, Dorothy. Yeah, so, absolutely. So Jess, let's move on to this next poll because I, uh, this week, what seems to, if we, what seems to be top of mind on employees' minds? We're all an employee of something, either mm -hmm. employees ourselves or employees of a company or things like that. So if you, if you were, if you were going through and you say, what's on the top of mind for employees this week? You know, I'd love to get your, um, your thoughts on what this is. And we're going to, we'll tell you why we're doing this in a second, but you know, what seems to be the top issue on employees' minds this week? Job security, wow. personal health, personal finance, remote work, visibility, stress and mental health, family health, productivity, or isolation. Um, and once and again, for those, that, for those of you that are, uh, um, uh, you know, haven't voted, please vote. Um, We've got 50% of you voted so far, so please uh, please keep voting. Um, it really makes the uh, conversation um, you know, more, more interactive. I see Andy's comment, job security, but on a deeper level, it's the employer's overall stability in their market space. I think that's a really, really interesting point. Um, you know, Andy brought up it's job security, but it's also company security and overall um, employer's stability. Jess, we're gonna leave this open for another, uh, like 10 seconds or so just because I want to make sure everyone votes. Interesting, um, interesting yeah. results that I'm excited to, uh, to share with you. And I think that, you know, they'll tie back into some of the topics that, uh, that we want to talk about. And I think that if Dorothy was on, uh, if Dorothy was still on the line, she may call us privileged again, uh, based on some of these responses, but, um, and let me go ahead and end the poll and share the results. So if we look at the results, 52, actually, let me see if I, Jess, can you see those? Uh, I'm a terrible person to ask. I'm your co-host, so okay. I see something different. So 52%, 52% of people. It says they're viewing. Saying, okay, good. They all say they can see it. Our fifth are saying job security. Uh, the next one down, you know, personal health, which is not surprising. And of course, uh, Mike made a comment, uh, varies hour to hour. Uh, go down personal finance and then stress and mental health are also very, very important. Ira just said he posted some survey results from Gallup. So Ira in the Slack channel, 
So if you're not in the Slack channel, make sure you're getting the Slack channel and someone can put the comment there. Um, children and homeschool, childcare and homeschooling, followed by well, family health and then remote work and uh, you know, visibility of employer. So this is not, um, not surprising. Um, I think job security is key. Dorothy, you know, and, and I don't know how many people are from outside the US, but you know, in the US, everyone knows we've lost, or we've had 16 million people file for unemployment just within the last three weeks, which is a crazy number. And the chart scares me to death when you look at it over the last you know, 50 years or so. So you know, job security is an issue. Um, and it's something that we're all gonna be focusing on. Some other people in the comments have made, uh, put some things in there like uh, you know, transition back to work, how to protect ourselves in an office setting. I think those are some really interesting points as well. And, and let's make sure we talk about those um, but so job security being key and uh, you know, if, one of the things that was fascinating to me is that I had an opportunity to uh, attend a session with Josh Burson yesterday uh, as part of HR Executive Magazine and Josh is working on a uh, survey that we call COVID-19 Pulse of HR and if you look at the results of that survey, uh, they almost match exactly almost identical. the yeah. results of this survey. Uh, so job security, number one, personal health, number two, um, you know, child and homeschooling, personal finance. You know, for us, mental health was a little bit higher, you know, but for the most part, the results matched almost the same. Yeah, and so, to Molly's point, a lot of these things, like if you feel stable and secure in your job and having an income stream and, and a way to be productive and, you know, feel like you're helping and contributing in positive ways, uh, that cascades into a lot of those other buckets. I, I totally see that and appreciate that as well. And the other thing is, um, you know, this week, I, I made sure to say this week, because I think this is also changing from week to week, uh, as we can continue to see fallout, you know, to be honest, some of these things, or as, you know, as things shift and change, your own personal health or the health of people you know may become higher or lower, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting things about this. So for someone that said job security, um, I'd love for you, if anyone wants to say anything about this, I'd love for you to come on live. So top issue on employees' minds, job security. What are some of the things that you're doing in your organization to try to ease employees' concerns about this? Does anyone want to share? Because I think it's a really, really important point, and it's something that a lot of us, I'm sure, have questions about, and a lot of us could learn uh, from your points. So, Jess, I know that wasn't necessarily what we planned on doing here, but you know, we never I, I, have a plan. Yeah, In fact, I see Paul as we flow. But so, anyone want to share? Because I think it's really interesting when we think about job security. You know, I'll, I'll share what we're doing from a leap gen standpoint. Uh, we're trying to be as transparent as humanly, humanly possible. And transparency is both good news and bad news. And to me, that doesn't necessarily make someone, <laughs> I'm not sure it makes someone feel more secure, but at least it helps them understand that how they're feeling is how other people are feeling. There's a lot of people in the same boat. And, um, you know, and, and hopefully the transparency helps. I see Andy's raised his hand. Um, so I'm gonna ask Andy to uh, join us. Andy, are you there? 
I am. Do you hear me? I do hear you. Hi, Thank Andy. You so much hey. for uh, love to hear your uh, love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Well, not just to echo what you said, Jason, but you know, transparency I think is the um, the best approach. I know that we receive weekly emails from our CEO um, that go out to everybody, and it's just you know, hey, here's what you're hearing in the media. Here's you know our reality. And here is our current state, you know, um, even for a company like ours that is pretty stable in our space, um, you know, just being transparent and being like, look, no one is immune to anything, but here are the steps that we've taken to, um, to mitigate any risk, I guess, uh, from the top. And I think that's key for me personally to have, have those emails coming in at the end of every week from my CEO. Um, and just, um, it just, it just puts my mind at ease. And then also just, um, being transparent, just being an HR myself, we, we're going to field a lot of those concerns and questions. And then just, you know, obviously just being transparent, but being confident in our answer with where we do stand, um, you know, with our, our stability in our space. Um, you know, Andy, just a quick question for you. So, you know, do you have any advice for people? I mean, and this is a little bit on the spot, so apologies. What would you do <laughs> if you worked for an organization that you didn't feel there was transparency? Um, well, if I was the employee and I was concerned, I would bring up my concern. You know, I, I'm a military guy by background, so I would always follow chain of command and bring up my concern to my immediate supervisor or, or manager. But I think that an organization needs to hear those concerns if they're not aware of those concerns. And the best way to do that for an employee is to elevate it and say, hey, I'm just being honest. I'm just seeing all these stories of layoffs and, you know, in, in maybe they're in your space, um, your company space. And, and I just, I want to know where, where we stand. And I think if, if organizations and leadership sees that kind of um, uh, traffic and um, communication, uh, I, I think the natural thing for them to do is to respond in kind and just be transparent. That's great. Thank you so much for your, uh, thank you for sharing. And you're, you know, you're lucky to work for an organization that is being transparent like that. It's good to hear um, that more and more are. Jess, I think we have someone else on the line that wanted to add something. Yeah, if you get to it first, would you please unmute Paul debating us here in Minneapolis? He's got great uh -huh. insights on the talent market. Paul, are you there? Hey friends, how you doing? Good, thank you for for speaking up, speaking and of Paula, transparency. If you want to join on video, you should be able to uh, join on video also. I will work on figuring that out. Oh, that's okay. Anyway, we'd love to hear, love to hear you talk though, even if, even if you're not on video. Uh, I'm really curious about um, what Glassdoor is gonna look like after this is all done. Um, there have been I've, I've unfortunately probably written two or three negative blog posts. They've, I've called them like open letters to CEOs. Uh, the first one was about six weeks ago, reminding them that if a CEO thought they were being watched before, like pre-February, that then February and March, like all employers are watching to see how are they doing, what are they thinking, how are they acting, how are they handling work from home, that now they're living in a fishbowl and um, how they're articulating things, how they're treating employees, how they're dealing with stress. There's still companies here, and I, I'm assuming it's no different anywhere else, but you still have companies here in Minneapolis where leadership teams or CEOs are saying like, we don't trust our employees to be working from home. Mm -hmm. And- do you, uh, really hear, do you really hear people say that, that they don't trust their employees working from home? Oh, absolutely. 
see again it's like we if if we get out of who our friends are and yeah. you know sort of who our sphere of influence is i mean there are there are people well maybe not today maybe because it's good friday but there were a lot of companies that had employees in downtown not a lot a number right um who are calling some of their employees uh essential that probably aren't the idea being is that they they still don't know how to do this this work from home or how to have some trust with their employees and so when this comes when we come out of this uh, loyalty will have been lost uh retention will be an issue mm -hmm. um and they'll have to hire again. That's the whole point. These, you know, companies yep. that, that thrive on the other side of all this, <laughs> what I've come to call this, um, are going to need people more than ever. Uh, mm -hmm. And so this is all going to come to bear. And, and will you, Paul, will you tell everybody what you do and why I wanted your insights? Yeah, I've uh, been recruiting here in Minneapolis, St. Paul for, I just call it 20 plus years. I do 20 plus because I'm knocking on 50 in a matter of, well, months now. Um, <laughs> Mostly the last since 2012 focused on helping companies build tech product engineering uh, digital teams. So it can be startups or a fortune 500 company might be spinning up like a new data group. And so I work with normally two or three groups at a time to help them build their teams, but then also like recruiting process strategy, be an advocate for them in the tech and business community. Cause a lot of times um, the general people won't know the general population won't know if they're hiring. Mm -hmm. so, so Paul, oh, sorry, Jess, go ahead. No, you go. Uh, so, Paul, a quick question for you. Uh, so, we have a great, and a great group of people on. We have someone on from India here, and I want to ask you a question about that. And then I also want to ask you a question about, you know, what you've seen. So, you know, someone said from a, here in the tri-state area, the transparency that, you know, Andrew Cuomo has shown is applauded, not to be political. Um, you know, in the companies that you work with, would you, what would you say? Would you say that most people are being uh, transparent or are you seeing a mix? I'm trying to think of this in percentages. So let's take the group of companies that are generally doing this well, the work from home, like when Jess said earlier, the air quotes, like the this that's going on. Uh, of the companies that are doing, have made this transition well, I would bet 90% of them are being very transparent. Um, if I think about my startup friends, the ones, the, the SaaS groups who normally in the office, they're the ones who have, this is our annual recurring revenue, this is how many clients won, this is what the revenue is for the month or the quarter of the year. Uh, it's not surprising that the loyalty to them has gotten even stronger during this time because while sales may be lower than, uh, CEOs at the, the ones doing this well are articulating like this is where we're at. Yep. Um, we are. There have been some groups now lately who've been saying hey, we're going to have to. Have, we're going to. We're not going to furlough or lay anybody off, but we are going to need to go down 80% salaries for the next three months. And because they've always been transparent, are being transparent. It's almost not even a blip because a lot of folks just know that these are difficult times and CEOs need to make some choices. Yeah. So. That being said, I want to get to one question and then I want to get back to your glass door thing really quickly. Thank you for being on. Um, and the, the question from India was that summer internships with B-School graduates and technical graduates are being rescinded. Um, and I don't know if you have an opinion on that or what people should be doing, but I've heard, I mean, I've had about 10 people in the last week reach out to me saying my summer internship has been rescinded. You know, what should I do? 
Um, do you have any thoughts? I would just love your advice as someone who's so close to the talent space. Here in Minneapolis, the, uh, I always hate to like very, like this is a very broad brush, right? Generally the, the groups that had internships posted um, in January, February, March have honored them, are honoring them for this summer. Uh, there are still, in, in particularly in the tech community or the startup community here in town, there are still a number of internships available for this summer. So whether it's sales, HR, uh, product or marketing. Now, again, though, we're not, it's different when 3M has internships available versus the 100-person startup, right? The 100-person startup has three or five, and 3M had 30, 50, 100, whatever that number might be. So the scale is different. Generally speaking, and I think this is the same for the Midwest too. I, this is why I was the one who asked earlier the, the question. I wanted to see that survey done by region. Mm -hmm. I think that here in the Midwest, uh, out yeah, in Minneapolis, we we have Minnesota. We've done we've handled this uh, health side of things probably better than a lot of larger towns have. Part of it's because we're like the land of the HMO and healthcare, and we've got the Mayo Clinic and the U of M, right? So we have some benefits to that. Um, so I think the mood here is okay here there's there's and again not to be, it's not a political thing right but we seem to be on the curve more of wanting to open sooner than lots of other regions because we've had less of a health impact than maybe other groups or other regions have had so I think that that kind of messes with things a little bit too um another quick tangent for you is I think you know I again I wrote a blog post a month ago that I thought that so many companies just shut down recruiting, um, mm -hmm. like hard stop. And mm -hmm. my thought was, well, if we're closed for 60 days, and that was just a number then, right? If we're closed for 60 days, now you need to hire a recruiter or recruiting team again, because you let them go. So now you're at 90 days. And then if it takes you four to eight weeks to hire that staff, you're now three and a half to five months before you're now rehiring the people that you yep. let go. And so finances, right? Like I'm not a CFO, I'm not a controller. You do not want me messing with a company's checkbook. Yeah. But yes, to Jess's point, like the cost of what this is going. So when then people think of a V-shaped recovery, I don't think it's going to be, I, I thought it was going to be one 60 days ago. Now I'm thinking it's more that you were the L shape, you know, the hockey stick where it's going to be a long, slow process back. You turn the ignition on a freight train, it doesn't start running. It takes right. a while to get it going. So just so people, I want to make sure everyone understands. So your comment about Glassdoor that this whole thing start, our whole conversation started with. Oh, why? Yeah. So back to Glassdoor, not, I think I assume everyone knows Glassdoor, but it, are you saying that you think people are going to post how companies treated them during this time and that will help, that will make a big impact on whether people decide to work there after this? I will bet, I will bet a day of fishing on Lake Minnetonka for you both. That, that's valuable. I know you. That's valuable. <laughs> that we will we will see some employer brands made or broken mm -hmm. by how their staff will talk about them when this is done. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Like this is all the marbles, people. How you treat your people right now. This is for all the marbles. Yeah, no, it's a great, great point. Paul, thank you so much for being on. There's some such amazing uh, questions it's good, coming. It's good to see you guys. Get to them. Yeah, thank, thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, and to Bethany's point, even if, 
even if you are in the unfortunate position of having to furlough, layoff, reduce staff, reduce salaries, whatever you're having to do to keep the wheels on the bus right now, it is especially important that you treat those people with care, not just because it's the right thing to do, but it is the right thing to do, but because we all need each other. They are going to be your customers, your boomerang employees, sources of referrals. They're, you know, we're all still interconnected. And yep. how you let people go, the, the onboarding process is as important as the offboarding process. It's a moment that matters and it needs to be treated with care. I know your hair is on fire. Do not skip that step. Yeah, so Jess, there's some great quick comments that I just want to read really quickly that came in. Um, by the way, if anyone has any uh, links as to where internships might be posted, a couple of people have said that their kids have had their internships canceled. So if anyone has any good sites, would love that listed. Deb McGrath, hi Deb, uh, said in Canada, government will pay 100% of the salary for the next four months and governments are trying to do things to help. I love David Feynman's comment, very tough for 2020 college graduates, no graduation ceremony, no, no spring right. family, friends, uh, need to watch them very, very closely. I think that's really, really important. David, I'm not gonna go too deep into this, but I love your point about politics. Don't apologize for talking about politics. It's how society works. It shouldn't be a taboo. And oddly enough, I just have to say this, uh, I had the same thought that John Sumner had, which might be the first time ever that John and I actually had the exact same thought at the exact same time. But as Paul was talking, the question came into my head is, do you think Glassdoor results matter at all in a period of high unemployment? And uh, you know, I, I think I would love people to comment on that in the Slack. Uh, yeah. Jess, I mean, I'd love your comments on that. Um, and I see some people are, oh, <laughs> Paul wants to jump back in. <laughs> Come on, Paul. <laughs> uh, so I want to hear Paul's Paul answer. answer. Hold on, I'll let Paul answer first, hold on. Yeah. The, the answer is it won't matter today. It won't matter for those who need to find jobs and get their economic situation taken care of. It may not matter for hourly employees. If you're in a, in a, in a, um, if you're in a skill set that's in high demand, if you're a data scientist, a software engineer, a product person, a CMO, and it's September or it's early 2021, and you know ABC Inc. is trying to bring you onto their team when they're recruiting you hard, and you go back and you realize that the company treated their staff like a pile of poo during this time. Um, I think it's going to matter then, but I, it may not have, have it may not matter in these 90 days. But I also don't think people are going to start saying things about their employer yet. I think it's when it comes out, and I think that mm -hmm. this is a later down the road thing. And just when you mentioned, yeah. How you are offboarding someone matters as much as onboarding someone, absolutely. Yep, because, and I know that people won't feel like they have the luxury of being picky for a while. To Frank's comment, people, you know, will just be looking to make ends meet. That is true. But before all this, uh, the trends we were seeing is that we, we, uh, we, when we could afford to be picky, but regardless of that factor, we want to work for socially conscious employers. We want to do good work with and for good people. And, and the way you treat people, customers, employees, stop separating them, by the way. Stop separating customers and employees. The way you treat people affects your brand and, and people notice and care and pay attention. I choose Uber 
or Lyft based on my impression of how that company operates and the way they treat their people. I order from this restaurant or that restaurant based on the ethics and business operating model of that restaurant because I care and it matters. And, and I'm probably like on the lower end of that spectrum. I know lots of people who are uh, loyal with their dollars in more ways than that. I'm just, yeah, it matters. Yeah, and I, I like to write these comments, uh, you know, top, top, top talent will check. I just want to read a comment from Mike Brennan. As an employer, you still have to look at yourself in the mirror regardless of the climate. You may not be able to do the same things, but that doesn't mean you should not be human. So I think that's a really, really important point. And I want to, using that, Jess, I want to skip into the next portion of this, which is yeah. talk about, talking a little about human. Oh, here's our, if you're not part of the Slack community, please take a picture of this with your uh, phone and join the Slack community. Um, this is the stuff we talk about, and it would be... Uh, Great to uh, great to have you there if you're not uh, part of that. So, Jess, do you want to go ahead and tee up this question uh, once again, guys? This is an online uh, tool, so we're going to go over to uh, Mentimeter. Take a picture of this; it'll take you to Mentimeter. And Jess, while you do that, I'm going to go over yep. and open it up. Literally, just hold up your camera to this QR code. That's how that works. Um, you know, we. We, we never have a plan, but we always start with an idea. Uh, and today's topic was around change. So I want to know, I'm dying of curiosity to know in this last you know, stretch of time that we're in, what is something new that you have used or done? And just drop words in, just some brief text. Uh, oh, lost the QR code. Andy wants the QR code back, Jason. Or uh, Leah, could you? House party, I love it, Jen. Leah, could you throw that Mentimeter poll uh, link in the chat as well? And when Jason stops multitasking, he'll put the QR code back up. Can you see that? No. No. Okay, throw it, throw it in the chat or scan the QR code. Okay. Throw your words in the chat, that's fine too. I wanna to know what new thing you've used or done that you would not have done or used prior to all of this. Jen Von Hagen said the House Party app. Leah and Allie on my team introduced me to the House Party app. And last weekend, I kid you not, my mom called me and said, how do I get into this House Party thing you told me about? And my kids played drawing games with her for 45 minutes in an app on the phone, which my mom never would have done before this. We never would have done with her before this. I love it? this. Yeah. Yep, I see it now. So lots of people are new to Zoom. Some people are new to Slack, which we're using to power our community. People have had their satyrs over Zoom. I've heard of Zoom weddings happening, believe it or not. Um, I wanna know about document camera. Does that mean of course, my head goes to like, are you verifying I-9s over? That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, I want to hear about virtual babysitting. Yeah, teaching classes on Zoom. I, I This is my favorite part of social media. I'm filtering my content pretty hard these days, my inputs, because I, I like to keep my head where I want to keep it. Uh, but the things I love drawing from social are this. It's like all these silver linings, the things that people are doing now that they might not have done before. The conversations they're having, people they're calling and checking in with and spending time with on Zoom and video calls. Um, I think that's rather extraordinary and I expect people to choose to keep those things. Um, the things that they've sort of stumbled on or discovered or make time for now that they might not have before. I hope that's true. 
Jackbox Jackbox games. Do you know Jackbox games? I I do. I played that too. I got that from Kim. Kim on our team posted something last weekend that she was playing Jackbox games online with neighbors and friends. Yep, Quiplash. Uh, So I've tried that one as well. Paul says he's new to mid-afternoon Zoom happy hours. I did that with my, my, my girls, not my little girls, my girls' girls. Amber's on, Lisa's on. I've done that a couple of times this week too. So uh, would anyone, so what's the, uh, what's the, what's that one, Jess, sorry, it keeps moving. What's that? Kudo boards. Kudo boards? I don't know. If you, okay, if you said kudo boards, virtual Easter, I want to hear about that. Instacart, yeah. Kahoot or? Or Kahoot, that's a fun trivia game online. Um, If you... Okay, I love that somebody said wearing a mask outdoors. I want to know how that felt. Okay, we have someone that wants to join, Brittany. Hey, Brittany, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? We can, yes. Is this Brittany Pyle? Yes, it is. Brittany, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing really well. (laughs) Will you introduce yourself to everybody? It's been too long. Sure. Sure. So my name is Brittany Pyle. I'm a workforce experience designer at Freddie Mac. um, And I am feeling very privileged um, throughout this conversation. One of the biggest questions our employees are having is around childcare, but also vacation. What Mm. are we going to do about their vacation? I mean, it's really put it in perspective for me that they're not necessarily too worried about job security or being able to work remotely because we've done enough to Um, communicate with them and to share our transparent approach on how we plan on managing that. And so I'm I'm feeling very privileged um, working at Freddie Mac to to have that. Um, But the reason I raised my hand was because I sent in the kudo board um, and I wanted to share what I learned. Yes. Uh, So in the office, we do birthday cards and really just cards to celebrate. And we really like to celebrate moments that matter for each other. So whether that's a birthday or somebody leaving to for another job or whatever it may be, a promotion, we like to celebrate. We can't really do that as much. We can do it virtually, but um, we still lose the card, the physical having of a card, which for me, I like having and people on my team do. So Kudo Board allows you to sign a, a card or a board electronically and then later on you can print it off so if you have a printout home or it later on when you're back in the office you can print off this kudo board i love that i absolutely love that well have you found that that works well yes we actually so we did have uh, one of our one of my colleagues needed to resign so that way she could focus all of her attention on homeschooling her two kids and so we did a kudo board for her as a, a send off and she really enjoyed, she really felt like it was a personal touch in what can be a bit of an impersonal situation. So she, she really enjoyed it. It was very easy for us to use. You just send it um, to an email address and then whoever you send it to can log in. Wow, that's awesome. Great idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. You know, so, so to hear your <laughs> yeah, voice. thank you. Maybe we'll have a cocktail in Vegas again sometime in our lives. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so um, Jess, the other one I wanted to call out was this uh, mural. Uh, I've been, mm-hmm. I don't know. Who said mural? 
if anyone said mural, I'd love to hear how you're using mural because I don't think it's getting as much use as it could. If anyone uses mural, oh, Scott. Oh, brilliant. A great guy to talk about this. Scott, do you mind if I bring you live? I should ask for permission first. Um, and while you're bringing Scott live, uh, you know, I'll comment that, you know, we're sort of, we're making, we're talking about change today. And this is an attempt to celebrate positive change, new things we're trying and perhaps exploring and um, adopting in the new normal. But to Brittany's point, there's some things that, that should and will always remain. And that is the need for, for true human connection and some things that we don't want to let go of, like an actual signature on an actual card and maybe, you know, um, being able to get together in real life for those going away parties instead of figuring out a way to do it virtually. Um, I am in the bucket. I can't wait. Can't wait for all of that. But I also love that we're finding uh, ways to replace some of that human well, connection. And what's important and why our theme was change is this all helps with change. You know, while this yeah. change, it also helps with change. So I, I think, Scott, you're there, right? I am. How are you, buddy? Good to hear your voice. Hey, tell us, uh, tell us what you do and uh, your, tell us about Mural. Yeah, sure. So um, I run the product design group at Success Factors. Um, and Mural is a tool. Um, I think it's built here locally. If you remember uh, a guy named Clay Tingley uh, from our past, he's actually the VP of product there. Um, and um, they actually have a, uh, a super cool interactive um, sort of multiplayer, basically is the best way to put it, um, sort of whiteboard. Um, virtual post-its, all kinds of drawing tools all kinds of um, interactive tools to sort of get people to vote on ideas. And so we use it when we do design thinking sessions um, to do product discovery, to do, uh, to sort of build empathy maps, whatever we're doing, we can, we can work as a team from around the world, literally building out these sort of giant sort of idea boards. Um, there's, you know, they've got a great set, as I said, a great set of tools. Um, that, are, that are already incorporated into it, and it all runs sort of, um, you know, obviously in real time across the internet. So, um, super useful for. Hey, yeah. So, can I ask you a question? I mean, you're one of the you're you're one of the brilliant thinkers in user experience and design, and you know, basically all week this week, um, I've been having conversations with people about how productive or not productive their people are working from home. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, you know, I've heard everything from 35% of our people are not productive to 50% of our people are not productive. You know, what, I mean, what are your thoughts? And I know it depends on job and it depends on company and things like that, but we'd love to sure. hear. Sure. I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's actually a matter the, the, the productivity that's going to happen now is going to be, um, a lot of it's going to be suited in going back to a conversation earlier in, in, in this session is how do you treat your people, right? And how, do, how much trust do you give them to do their job and to, um, and to sort of take the reins on what they need to do? How much freedom do you give them to, to work outside of the box, right? Um, how, do you, how do you allow them to structure their own day, right? So, because it can be maddening to sit in front of, the, in front of this tool, Zoom, for 12 hours a day. And so how do you, how do you allow them to, to sort of create their own ecosphere um, and work together um, and the tools that you provide. Um, but it is all about handing a lot of trust over to your employees to remain, that they remain productive um, and that they continue to contribute. 
And I'm actually hearing from my team that they're busier now than they were pre before. They're busy. They find themselves to feeling busier now than they did before we got locked down. Yeah. Okay. Good. No, that's helpful. Thank you for uh, thank you so much for sharing that, and thanks for joining. So, Jess, I want to get to the. Um, and hopefully, you can see my screen again. I want to get to the concept of change. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's really really important, and we're all dealing with change. And if you look at the 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 conversations, they're all tied to change in one way or another. So, you know, someone saying, uh, you know, these are not normal time, kids at home, stress, partners, coast spacing. Um, yeah, love that. So, you know, shame. <laughs> oh my God, I love it when I use a new yeah. word. <laughs> yes. So, you know, there's denial. There's then, you know, you know, where the anger comes into play, then there's exploring and then there's acceptance. And I just like to show this, it's a very old chart, but it's one that everyone is going through at some phase today. And everyone that I've ever talked to and worked with deals with change differently. They deal with change differently. And, um, you know, my family can tell you that last night I needed some guidance on, <laughs> on change and, uh, and feeling the big, uh, a big change. And I would love it if anyone is willing to just speak up and share how you deal with change, how you think about change, you know, how you process change, because I'm someone who loves change, but at the same time, um, you know, from a brain standpoint, we're all going through lots of different uh, uh, views of change right now and lots of different feelings related to change. So I guess uh, you and I were slapping last night, you know, at mm -hmm. one point. Like, how do you, you know, how do you deal with change? You know, <laughs> this is not a joking matter. None of this is. But in a funny sort of way, I feel like I was built for crisis because you I thrive. You said that to me like a week ago. I know. And I don't mean to make light of what is a very heavy situation. And people are feeling impact in lots of ways. And threats to your personal health is not a joking matter. But in a way, I'm operating, I, I feel like, I, I mean, Jason, honestly, I, I feel like I'm doing the best work of my life right now with kids hanging off of every limb in the most stressful circumstances possible. But I'm thriving because it, I'm, my passion is at an all-time high. My creativity is at an all-time high. So somehow, like, there's some mammalian instinct that is kicking in right now to say, there's something I can do here. And I immediately feel inclined to go to work and to produce something of value that I think will offer help or hope. Um, that's my instinct. I truly believe that that is an instinct I'm feeling. That's my, my crisis response or my tra uh, I don't know what it is. I'm not, I don't know the science behind this. Um, so I feel like this suits me. What's yeah. that? Some people talk about yoga. Some people talk about meditation. Uh, I, I had opportunity on my podcast interview with Beth Cameron who talked about um, uh, just go outside and take a breath for five minutes um, you know and I realized some of that stress and some of it's change and they go hand in hand yeah. so you know you're built that way but there's also a point where you must do certain things that alleviate some of the change anxiety yeah, well, and so a couple of comments have been made here. I don't know, you know, while some instinct is kicking in here, I don't know that human beings are, it's a, it's a great question, are we built 
for change. I think we're built for evolution and uh, and our instincts know what to do to protect us when they need to kick in. But some of those reflexes that we're having that are telling us to resist or they're telling us to respond. And for me, I honestly need to unplug um, Robert, hi Robert, we used to work together too, uh, you know, responded that, you know, the Zoom fatigue, good God, I want to say hi to everybody, I want to connect with, my, I want to do video with my mom, I want to talk, like, I, but I have to like shut off at some point, um, because I'm used to operating in this virtual work world, and now that everybody's there, it feels very crowded to me, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go away and not talk to anybody for a while. Um, we all have our response mechanisms, and I think it's important to recognize those as well. You know, I have um, I had the opportunity on my podcast to interview Molly Lombardi um, earlier this week, and um, you know, Molly's someone that's had so much change in her life. I'm going to ask her if she speak live for a second. Um, so I'd love to hear her perspective on this. Um, Molly, are you there? I am here. Hi, I'm Molly. Hi. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier this week about change, and I think so much of it I typed this earlier about ritual. And whether it's formal ritual or informal, like Yvette talking about going outside and breathing, or I actually was just blogging today about rituals, some of the big rituals we're missing now around births and deaths and graduations and birthdays. You know, humans are social, and we also, the reason we have these rituals that have been throughout all the different societies and permutations of our society we've had over time is because they're important to us to personally and to, as a group, you know, come together and grieve and celebrate. And I think that's one of the things that I think has been missing for people and they're having to find new ways to recreate those rituals whether they're big or small like you said whether it's taking a breath or whether it's having a Passover Seder finding ways to still incorporate those rituals because all change does have some grief involved with it because something's yes. different and so I think giving yourselves that space even the language around the change curve and you think about the stages of grief and things like that giving yourself that little bit of room whether it's to grieve the changing of a schedule or to change the uh to change of a, of a death or a birth or something, you know, major event in your life. I think that's one thing that's really important is to give ourselves that space and find new ways to celebrate those rituals. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to miss things, you know, to miss yeah. something that you used, you know, plans that you had that were canceled, especially I think Absolutely. about the little people in our households yeah, who don't get to do their, yep, exactly. Yeah, we talked about that too, Jason. Yeah, the expectations around schedules and rituals and all of that, we have to change some of those. And that's hard, you know, it's okay to feel bad about it, but we always do survive, you know. There's a reason that rituals have adopted and changed because we need them and we find ways to do them no matter what our circumstances. So when you wake up, Molly, yeah. I'm gonna put you on the spot. When you wake up and you're not in the mood for change. Yes, I yes, I woke up like this. I do look this good when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What do you do to adjust? What do you do to adjust yourself? Uh, when you're not in the mood for change. That's really interesting because you and I had an interesting conversation about optimism and pessimism on our, our chat as well. But, well, first I take my meds because that helps me <laughs> get, get moving <laughs> for Parkinson's. literally keeps me moving. But I think a lot of it has to do with, like, what do I surround myself with? You know, what do I look at first? Mm -hmm. You know, Do I look for the good or the bad? And if I go through my Twitter feed, there's always plenty of bad news, but is there good news? And I, that's where I tend to go first, you know. And so I think it is about finding that um, that moment of where do you choose where do you choose to put your attention i mean i think i'm like you jess i mean my instinct is to in in crisis i come alive you know go 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 but then you have to give yourself that break but when you're going i think it's about i'm very much a what's next kind of person if anyone watches aaron sorkin or west wing you know what's next and so you can 
worry about the past or you can say what's next and try and move forward and I think that's that's kind of how I get get moving forward so whatever is happening now what's next what can I do to make the next moment better mm -hmm. no, that's great thank you for uh, thank you for sharing that I appreciate it um, absolutely yeah thanks for having me this week too it was fun yes no it was a great podcast loved it so Jess there's also I, I, gosh I it's so funny I could do this all day and I realize I, I, I lose track of time but there's also this discussion about growth mindset and uh, yeah. I saw David brought it up. I saw Heidi brought it up. I'm trying to get one of them to come on and talk about it. But you mm -hmm. brought it up also. So if, mm -hmm. you know, if, if they're not going to, what, what is, what's growth mindset all about? Because like the fact that three people or four people have brought it up here, I'd love to hear. I'm not going to be the best person to give a proper definition, but the idea of growth mindset is the belief, the belief that you are not in a stagnant place when it, term, when it comes to what you know and know how to do and can do and can accomplish. You literally believe that that is an evolving, um, changing, morphing, um, that you have the inherent ability to adapt and to rise to a new level of challenge. It's believing that that ability, that our mindset changes, evolves and grows um, versus thinking I was born this way. You know, the guy woke up like this. You weren't born this way. It's literally believing you have inherent ability to grow. But I am not a textbook definition oh, person yeah, on Jeff, growth. Ira Wolf is on. Ira, are you there? I'd love to hear your thoughts on growth mindset. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, thanks. Jason and yes, uh, yeah. I've actually been hey, following. Hey, so, yep. Yeah, I've been following growth mindset for a while. In fact, I got a chapter in, in my book about it. Um, what it simply is, it's a comparison. And if anybody wants to look it up, um, it's the book was written by uh, Carol Dweck. It's D W E C K. Um, it was really identified kids in. Uh, it's, her work was with with education, and what she did was she looked at children of why do kids start out really curious and grow and then all of a sudden they lose that and the comparison is a fixed mindset is that you assume you, you basically know it all you sort of become fearful of asking questions and pursuing challenges um, and you know it's a kid in school who becomes the valedictorian or is high ranked and is an all and is an all pro athlete and then he's afraid to make mistakes to accept new challenges to take any risks and he starts to protect the resume where growth mindset is that you look at the world as just a series of opportunity. There are no mistakes. Um, there's just new opportunities, but you're basically on a continuous learning path. And, yes, and one of the challenges with the educational system is that it's, um, you know, it's fixed. It's how many degrees do you have? You went from, you know, you went from a private school, you went to, you know, you had to have go to a school that you can protect all your, your A's. I remember that going back. It's like you want to go to a school that you can get a 4.0. You know, because that's what's going to count. Not that you learned anything, but that you can get a 4.0. Fortunately, I, I did both, but a lot of people didn't. So I, I would look. There's a lot out there. Just type in fixed yes, first. There's a ton. there's a ton out there. Uh, I've written a couple of articles, but there's, there's a lot of better articles out there. But Carol Dweck's book is actually pretty easy to read. And anybody who has kids, I'd highly recommend you pick it up. No, yeah, it's the whole idea that challenge and, and perceived failure, you know, what you might otherwise call failure is intended to help you grow, that you are, you are intended to push beyond limits and limiting beliefs. There's some great definitions being added in the chat here. Um, and those who, who adapt and thrive in times of change or who have a growth mindset 
are doing okay, and they probably spend more time in the green part of that stoplight <laughs> versus others. Ira, if you wouldn't mind dropping the name of that book in the chat one more time. Um, Frank just asked for it. Um, but the other thing to know about growth mindset is that you can flex it like a muscle. You can exercise it like a muscle. You're not one, like you have it or you don't. You can work on it. It is something that you can develop and that you can exercise and flex and grow stronger. Um, so thank you for sharing. Thank you, Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne, for sharing the name of that book. You know, and uh, Jess, I also saw that uh, Hillary put something in here, courage to really confront and push beyond our limiting beliefs. You know, I, I thought that was beautifully said. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's something that's really important when it comes to change um, is to make sure that we, uh, we, we think about that is how do we push, you know, beyond those beliefs towards that change. So, you know, Jess, I see some people dropping off. Once again, you guys in the chat, let us know if this was good. I hope that this hour is an hour worth spending. Uh, I know that, like for me, I always feel I always feel good about it. Just put in the chat whether it's yes or no. You know, when we ask on the Slack channel for other topics, please, please, please let it. Oh, someone from Brussels. Oh, that was Dorothy. So glad that you guys could join. I hope that this is helpful. It's fun for us to do, and it it really really helps. Uh, it helps us deal with change. And uh, for me, it's just uh, it's a great great learning. So. Thank you for everyone joining. Love you guys very much. And Jess, I'll let you uh, close us up here. Yeah, you know, I want to share something from a meeting I was in earlier this week, and Amber and Lisa are still on. Uh, I'm a, a brand ambassador and a volunteer for a women's empowerment platform here in Minneapolis. And we had a meeting the other night, and Lisa invited a counselor, um, I forget what her particular um, focus of therapy is, um, into our meeting. And she talked about collective trauma. Uh, and it was really interesting for me to hear and to apply to what we're all experiencing right now, which is collective trauma, truly collective at a global level. And that's a perv pervasive sense of threat and, and perhaps a sense of powerlessness over that threat. Um, and what that allows is space to do internal work. And she talked about, she does a lot of psychosomatic stuff, and she talked about how our nervous system reacts. We are mammals, we're creatures, and how our nervous system knows how to respond. Think about if you're a dog lover like I am, if you've ever seen a dog shaking, completely shaking their entire body, that's actually their instinct and their response mechanism kicking in and doing what it should when it perceives threat. And what some of us are experiencing right now, which is a high level of dysregulation, a high level of mental and emotional and perhaps physical stress. I've had physical symptoms, like I'm not a sick person ever and I don't, you know, I haven't been feeling well sometimes. And I think, and so think about that same dog analogy with a stress response is to shake like that, to completely shake. And then you shake it off and the hackles go down and to shake and shake it off, shake and shake it off. And that is normal and that's healthy and that's your mammalian brain working as it should. And so when we talk about change and you know, sort of this pulse of the community, some of these surveys we did today, I want everybody to feel good that you're working as you should be, that you're responding as you should be. This is normal expected behavior given the circumstances we're all in together, which is really collective trauma. And so again, I just wanna thank everybody for being part of the community and sharing in that experience with us so openly and authentically. That shake 
and shake it off process. I feel like we're kind of doing that together uh, and that becomes really powerful. So thank you, everybody. Happy yeah, Friday. Happy Passover and Easter. Yes, happy Passover and Easter and look forward to uh, next Friday. In the meantime, look forward to uh, seeing you on the Slack channel. Um, people are there all weekend chatting away. So uh, thank yeah. you so much for joining and uh, talk to you all soon. Thanks, Jess. Yes, thanks, everyone. Bye.